0: this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our one thing series.
1: Our desire is that our one thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse 302.com. Thank you, TJ.
0: Please share this with other leaders, you know, that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. So here we are with our guest, Kimberly Davis. Thank you for being here, Kimberly. Welcome to the show.
2: I am absolutely delighted to be with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Of course. This month, we are focused on courage, staying strong, particularly regardless of circumstance. And we are very excited to have Kimberly on our show. Our podcast features a great leader who provides key insight in our leadership topic for a particular month. Since we're intrigued by the idea of being your authentic self to be a more effective leader, TJ and I were inspired by your book, Brave Leadership, and really your work in general. We were particularly impressed with your insight on how to uncover your barriers by being brave and how that can also manage stress and anxiety. TJ, why don't you tell our audience a bit more about Kimberly?
1: Sure thing, Joe. Thanks for that. Our guest this month is Kimberly Davis. Davis. An expert on authentic leadership, Kimberly Davis shares her inspirational message of personal power, responsibility, and impact with organizations across the country, and teaches leadership programs worldwide, most notably her program On Stage Leadership, which runs in New York City and Dallas, Texas. Additionally, Kimberly teaches authentic influence and executive presence for Southern Methodist University. Cox School of Business Executive Education Program and partners with SMU in teaching for the Bush Institute's Women's Initiative Fellowship Program, which is a program for empowering female leaders from the Middle East. And she works with the National Hispanic Corporate Council. Very impressive. Kimberly is a TEDx speaker, and her new book, which is Brave Leadership Unleash Your Most Confident, Authentic, and Powerful Self to Get the Results You Need has been named as the number one book to read in Inc. magazines, the 12 most impactful books to read in 2018. With a cover endorsement by best-selling author Daniel Pink, one of our favorites, Brave Leadership is available at all online and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores everywhere. But don't worry, though. We'll link back to it in the show notes for our listeners. Okay, Kimberly, let's talk about this idea of brave leadership and what you describe as the six key shifts that leaders need to make to truly be their absolute best. You talk about how the leadership landscape has changed and how leaders' authenticity can remove barriers in order to be more influential. Can you tell us more about how leaders can work towards being their authentic selves, and how that can equip them to lead more effectively. We want to hear anything that you might say about leadership, being authentic, being brave, and just being more influential as leaders.
2: Awesome. Well, absolutely. So there's a couple of things I want to w- talk about right away. And that is how we look at authenticity and how we define authenticity. And so often these days, the word gets bandied about so often that we don't even know what it means anymore, right? You get on Facebook and people are saying, you know, be authentic, be yourself, who cares what anyone else thinks. And uh, that's, that's really lovely. But in the framework of leadership and influence, you really do have to care about how other people experience you. And so my favorite definition of authenticity is one I borrow from a guy named Bill George. And Bill George uh, is, works on, for the Harvard Business School of Management. He's written a, a couple of fantastic books. One is uh, The authentic, authentic Leadership, which you know you write the book on authentic, called Authentic Leadership and you get to be the guru of authentic leadership, right? And mm-hmm. he also wrote a, a great book called True North, and uh, the way he defines authenticity is, are you genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? And uh, what makes that so powerful in my mind, because it's, you know, it's a lovely definition, but I think it's a lot more complex than it sounds at first blush. What makes it so powerful in my mind is that it lives in the eye of the beholder. So you, know, you can decide you're genuine, that's great, but that's really not going to help you lead or influence, right? Um, So what really matters is, do the people that you need to lead and influence experience you as someone who is genuine? Do they experience you as someone that they trust and they believe in and they can rely upon? That's what really makes the difference. And so authenticity in the framework of leadership and influence really does lie in the the eye of the beholder. So that's one thing that's really important because what it requires of you then in order to really show up authentically is to be a paying attention to what other people need from you, right? All around you. And what's so, what's so challenging with that TJ and Joe and, and everybody out there that's listening to this is that, is that, uh, we all have different needs, right? So, uh, what what one person is going to need from you is going to be different very different from what someone else is going to need from you you know in a school setting what a sc- student is going to need from you is going to be very different than someone who might be a principal might need from you or someone who is a parent or someone who's in the community might need from you and that doesn't mean you become this chameleon like person you know you shapeshift to be whatever people need you to be it's you you get really clear uh, on the fact that every person you meet is gonna have a different set of needs and you have to have a sincere respect for the fact that their needs are gonna be different without judging them, which is that's where it gets really hard, right guys? Is the taking the judgment out and making sure that you're connecting with them in a way that they experience you as someone who's genuine on their terms right so that's that's the piece around authenticity that i think is is so very very important and then when when it comes to sh- showing up bravely showing up with courage Uh, and showing up as a powerful, authentic leader, I think the the most important thing you can do is really connect to what I call your super objective. And really, uh, the super objective is just your purpose set in active language. So we use active verbs to frame it. Um, So you would ask yourself a number of questions to really get to your super objective. An example of your super objective might be, so for my, my my personal super objective is to connect people to the best of who they are. That's what I stand for. That's what drives me. That's why I get out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to write every day, and I jump on podcasts with terrific people over, all over the world and, and speak and teach, and that that's what that's why I do what it is I do, right? Um, other examples might be to uh, build a culture of commitment, to create customer evangelists, to infuse curiosity. If you notice, they are all framed in active language using active verbs that, that puts you on an active path. And so to really get to your Super objective, you want to be asking yourself a couple of questions. You want to first get really clear on why do you care for real? Why do you care about what it is you do? You know, you do what you do for the sake of what? From a heart perspective, not why does your boss think you should care or, or why your mom thinks you should care, but why do you personally care for real without judging it? Right. And so if you can get really clear on why do you care and start getting some, some clarity around that, then you can start asking yourself, okay, well, who or what do you care about most? You know, when you think about the best day that you have, particularly, you know, if, if we do this in, in a work context, your best day at work, who or what did you, did you have an impact on and, and Um, and who or what do you care about most? For some people, they they really want to have an impact on the individuals, you know, they're belly button to belly button people. I want to make a difference in in your life and your life and your life and your life. Some people are more... Are, are, are team centered or group centered I want to make a difference in my class or my team some people are bigger picture I want to make a difference in my school or my community or my uh, organization or the world right you know really it is different for every single one of us but it's you've got to get clarity on what what really lights you up personally and that doesn't mean that these other things and these other people aren't important to you it's just if you can get really clear and harness your attention to focus on what you personally care about most, the byproduct is, it's going to have an impact uh, that, that is beyond what you're, what you're currently focusing on. And then the last question that's really the most critical question to ask when getting to your super objective is to ask, uh, what is the impact you want to have? So once you've gotten clear about who or what you want to have an impact on, right? So let's say it's students, you know, what's the impact you want to have on your students in your work? Um, you know, do you do you want to lift them up? Do you want to uh, uh ignite excitement about learning? Do you want to energize them? Do you want to um to infuse curiosity? One of my favorite examples actually I spoke uh I spoke to a school district in Turlock, California, and uh, I got a Twitter message from a guy that was in the audience. And he said, his, he was so excited about school starting because he now he had a super objective. And he said, I said, well, what's your super objective? And he said, to sow the seeds of self-confidence. And I thought, wow, that's really, that's really fantastic. And when I asked him what he did for the district, he said he was a bus driver. And I thought, wow, that's, Isn't that incredibly powerful? I mean, think about the difference this man could have if he were to take consistent action around his super objective in every situation he faces. If, you know, when the kids get on the bus in the morning, he's to sow the seeds of self-confidence. And before they go and learn, and at the end of the day, when in whatever home life they might be returning in, he were to first sow the seeds of self-confidence. What- what that does really getting clarity around your super objective your purpose and action is it puts you on a purposeful path so people experience you. You are showing up as your best self consistently and effectively. You have a way to hold your own feet to the fire so you can say, well, I did, did I do it or did I not in this situation? Did I do it or did I not in that situation? So you can course correct and you can always get your, hold yourself accountable to what it is you say you stand for. And the byproduct of that is that people around you experience you as someone who is genuine, who is worthy of trust who's reliable, who's believable, who's authentic, right? And so those are, that, that's the quick and dirty of what it, what it means to be a brave leader.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, Kimmer. That's chock full of incredible information. And just to go back on a couple things you mentioned, one about the bus driver, TJ and I always talk about that the first interaction many of our students have is the bus driver. Yeah. And so if they experience uh, that relationship in a good way and that bus driver takes to heart their role of getting kids to school safely and providing a, an environment, a good environment on the bus, a safe environment, um, it sets the day right. And so you can never underestimate the power of the whole school community.
2: Absolutely. I think, that, I think that's what's, what I think is so powerful uh, is that every single person has a super objective and it doesn't, it's not related to your title. It's not related to position. We all have the ability to make an impact. And so to get clear on what is the impact that you are personally there to have in your work uh, is is absolutely critical because it not only is it going to change the lives of the people that you have an impact on, right? It is the key to engagement for yourself. You know, you want to know why some days you you get up in the morning and you're like, ah, you know, I, why do I do this? And this feels so hard. And I've got all of, you know, you, I mean, now you've got so many, rules and red tape and systems and processes. And, and there is so much you ha- you're up against every single day. And y- you have to find a way to stay connected to what matters to you. And so you can keep yourself on an active path to being and being your best, best most authentic and powerful self in your work.
0: And Kimberly, with that in mind, and this, I I love how you phrase it, how people experience you. It really does, you know, involve an element of humility on the leader's part to be sure that there's a connection with those that they lead. Are are there strategies for people to remain consistent with their super objective? We we know, like everything you just mentioned, even two days before many um, people go on winter break, you know. A lot of the schools, the kids are ready to go. Everybody is just trying to get through the next couple of days. And there's a lot of stressors involved, even around the holidays and so forth. Are there ways people can remain sensitive to their super objective and always remind themselves? Because we've also had a lot of discussions with individuals. They tend to just veer off track. And next thing you know, a couple months have passed and are in a rut. But what you have said about experiencing um, others experiencing you, that's a little different the super objective is a little different. How can people remain sensitive uh, to their super objective and remain on track?
2: Well, so the first thing is is you want to get really clear and have a specific super objective because I think a lot of us We tried to boil the ocean, you know, I want to be a good person. I want to be a good teacher I want to, you know, make a difference in these kids lives you, you've got all the, all of these wonderful things that you want to do and be and uh, That's really great, but it's hard to be all of those wonderful things at one time, right? So it, it really is important to do the work to get clarity on a very specific super objective so in every situation you face, you can say, "Well, did I do that or did I not?" So for myself, you know, to connect people to the best of who they are, you know, did I do that when I wrote when I wrote this piece? Did I do that in this conversation? Did I do that? It's, it's, it's in every situation you face. That's the thing that people don't realize is that brave isn't an all or nothing thing. It's not like you know, once you get it, you check the box, you've got it and you're, you're done, right? It, our brave unfolds one situation at a time. So we really do have to, have to hold our feet to the fire in every situation we face and then clean it up when we don't, because you know, you're human being, there are going to be times you react. There's going to be times when you're, you're not your best self. And what, what, what leads people to experience you as someone who's genuine is if you say, if you do something that is not congruent with your best self, who you know you truly are, that you own it and you you clean it up with that that individual. So, the the real specific, specific clarity is really really critical, and I can't emphasize that. Too much. Then the other thing is, um, you know, I, I tell you what, I'm a big proponent of keeping totems of my super objective around me at all times. I've got it on my computer, I've got something in my wallet, I've got it all over the place. Just little signs, even sticky notes, whatever you can do to put your super objective so you keep it front, front of mind all the time. Um, and then I share my super objective with other people, <laughs> because if I'm not going to hold myself accountable, let me tell you what: other people are certainly going to hold me accountable. To oh yeah, that is that is not who you say you want to be in the world. Um, so surrounding yourself with other people who you've shared this is what I stand for. Hey, you know, be my partner in purpose. Let me know when I am not doing this, because. Uh, this is who I want to be in the world. So, so surrounding yourself with people who will lovingly hold you accountable is really important. Um, and then there are, are other quick ways that you can uh, focus your attention before the situations that you're going in, because what I heard you say, and I think, Joe, was it you that, that was asking this question? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, what I heard you say is that, you know, With with so much going on and all the stressors, uh, how do we stay consistent? How do you keep it in front of mind? You know, sometimes the language around your super objective, maybe that is not accessible to you, but another really quick way to make sure you're showing up as your best self so people experience you as the person you hope that they will um, is to think about, uh, to, to really stand in their shoes and think about the situation you're about to to step into as if it's already taken place and if that situation's already taken place and let's say it went as well as it could have possibly have gone. So let's say you've got a really stressful meeting you've got to walk into and uh, maybe you've got angry parents, you've got a stressed out principal, who knows what the situation is, but let's say that's the situation. And, um, and so before you walk into that room, and, and it doesn't take a lot of time, people say, oh, Kimberly, you know this is great, uh, but I don't have time to focus, I'm too busy. This takes literally a minute, two minutes tops, is to imagine the situation as if it's already taken place and it went absolutely brilliantly and went as well as it could have possibly have gone. have gone. And so uh, now in your mind with that situation that went as well as it could have possibly have gone, ask yourself, If that situation unfolded the way you would hope it would unfold, just absolutely perfectly, right? How would you want the other person or other people in that situation, at the end of the situation, how would you want them to feel for real? How do you want them to feel about you? How do you want them to feel about themselves? How do you want them to feel about possibilities or opportunities? Um, how do you want them to feel, right? It's, it's really, really uh, stepping into that emotional intelligence and putting yourself in their shoes and really understanding how do you want them to feel from a visceral level. And then ask yourself, you know, if it went really, really well, what would you like them to do? So those two questions, how do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do? If you can ask yourself those two questions before you walk into a situation, it is going to vastly uh, d- it's, uh, affect the way that situation unfolds. So it will change the way you show up in the situation. It will change the way you react in the situation. It will change the way you listen in the situation. Um, and it will ultimately change your results and the way you personally feel about the situation on the other side. right? But if you don't go into it thinking about how other people how you want them to feel, how you hope that they will feel. You go in loaded with your own agenda. You go in loaded to defend, to protect, to prove. Uh, and it's that those are things that are they're, uh, guaranteed to get in our way of being our best selves. So if you can really stand in, in their shoes and ask, how do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do? What actions can you take in that situation so that they will feel what you hope that they will feel and that they will do what you hope that they will do? that'll set you up for success as well.
0: That's incredible. Thank you, Kimberly. I know our listeners will definitely benefit from all of those strategies and really love that, how you ended up about putting the other person first and those those behaviors that cloud our thoughts. Let's move into our One Thing series. Um, The first question within the One Thing series is really about who is one person or group who you follow for either knowledge or inspiration. You mentioned Bill George already, um, and we'll definitely connect that to him in our show notes. Um, Who else or another group that you um, follow for either knowledge or inspiration?
2: Wow, this is a tough question, guys. Uh, so, uh, so Dan Pink would be at the t- one of the top of my list. I, I, his work has really been instrumental in um, in informing a lot of the work that I do. I had come to a lot of of my. Um, my, a lot of my thinking and a lot of my processes and tools and uh, long before I had read his work. But then when I read his work, what was fantastic was that, um, uh, there was a, there was a huge body of research that supported what I knew to be true. And I, I, it was absolutely fantastic. So Dan Pink, Dan Pink's work, uh, is absolutely fantastic. And his book Drive, uh, has been hugely, uh, influential on me.
1: That's great. So we'll link to Dan Pink. We'll get his new book, When, in there as well. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that. It's a Absolutely.
2: Book. Yeah, it's terrific.
1: So that's great. Uh, we love Dan Pink, so thank you for that. Our second question is, what's the one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life?
2: Oh, that, well, that would be touch base with your super objective. Really, I mean, truly, if you can you can uh, ground yourself in your super objective in the morning and ground yourself in your super objective throughout the day. It's going to change your life. It, it has for me, for sure. It, it helps. Uh, it becomes a guidepost to decision-making. It helps you when you f- find yourself emotionally hijacked. It uh, helps you focus your attention in, in when the stakes feel high. I mean, it really is the most powerful tool I've ever run across to really center yourself so you can be and bring your best self to the situation.
0: Thank you, Kimberly. Um, and we, we believe in that as well, touching, touching base and and we haven't heard it the way you phrase it with super objective. So thank you for that. What's one thing that you want to know or be able to do that you don't already?
2: Wow. Um, so my, I really want to be fluent in Spanish. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean, in, in, in any language, but Spanish is, I, I, I've studied Spanish and I, I went to um, Mazatlan and studied for three weeks, but I really would like to be fluent in Spanish. And, um, and that's going to take a bigger investment of time than I've, I've invested
1: you have any plans to invest more time into that and what strategies would you take on that, um, that would get you to that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm very excited because my son is probably going to take Spanish next, next year. And so uh, I've told him that, hey, you take Spanish, then in the summer, you and I can go travel on, to different countries throughout Latin America, and we can take, uh, we, we'll do some immersion programs together. We'll stay in a homes- homestay, and we will study Spanish together. And that, that really excites me.
1: So two strategies there that are really important is do it with somebody else to hold yourself accountable and to have more fun and then also immersion. So we love that. That's very cool. Uh, What's the one thing that led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that others can replicate? And you've mentioned the idea of a super objective, but is there anything else that you do that supports growth um, in your domain?
2: Oh, absolutely. So I, I surround myself with as many uplifting, inspiring, positive people who are committed to growing and learning as I can. And uh, so I have a huge, uh, I'm I'm a huge social media person. I've, I follow some extraordinary people on Twitter and on LinkedIn. um, And uh, my, and then my own, my own communities that I've built uh, have been incredibly Important to me too, because you know, here's the deal. I don't believe brave happens in a vacuum. I think we need each other, and we, the more that I write and talk about it, the more it also helps uh, me me use the tools because I keep the tools in front of me all the time, and and so having conversations with other people about about ways to grow and be better, and and, uh, I and I, I think that to me is. The most important thing, and then there are some fantastic education Twitter chats out there. I've been lucky to be a guest on a number of them. Uh, the Twitter chat communities are are absolutely incredible, and what I've discovered is that these these chat communities um, they end up uh, going way beyond Twitter. So then they all see each other at conferences, and and they are all connected on Facebook, and and these relationships. Uh, grow and uh, really start affecting the lives of people in a much bigger way than just information.
0: Kimberly, we couldn't agree more, especially with the Twitter community. It's really taken education by storm in many ways and connected TJ and I to a host of people, um, even outside of the United States, and that are really passionate about students, their learning, teaching and learning and, and being good leaders. So um, we're grateful for that level of connectivity as well. I, I did want to revisit one thing that I think some people at times stress. As educators, we talk to you know, adults and students all the time about this notion of peer influence and how important that is. It, or do you have any advice or even in your own life at times where you might have to limit interactions with some individuals because they're not supporting your growth um, or they may be hindering it even to some degree and some relationships are harder than others um, to limit that interaction. Um, do you have any thoughts around that? Because we also find as much as we wanna surround ourselves with great thinkers, great people, and great advisors, etc. Um, there's also people in our life that aren't necessarily productive and positive.
2: Yeah, well, so I've learned to set really um, pretty, pretty firm personal boundaries uh, with myself. More actually, more so than with other people, because uh, what I find is that uh, I, in the past, I've been known to. Um, I, I, because i like to help people, so I, I used to surround myself with a lot of people who needed a lot of help uh, and who weren 't doing much about helping themselves but were um, complaining a lot and and uh, and and so i f- I found that i I really needed to be more um, uh, more stringent with myself on setting my own personal boundaries about what you know do what time do i set, how much time do I set with them? Do I set up engagements? Do I accept coffee? Do I accept going to lunch? Do I, I, I really just don't. And, um, and what I've learned is that sometimes you just have to love people and let them go a little bit. And, um, and, and that, that can be really hard, but I, I, I have to tell you, I don't usually have a conversation with them saying, I'm going to love you and let you go. I don't do that. (laughs) Because I, I think that might be hurtful so yeah. um, and, and that's just maybe I'm not being courageous enough in that, but usually I find that uh, the friendships that have that have necessitated that are are, are with people who who um, aren't in a place where they can understand that so um, so I've set really strong personal boundaries with myself and then I fill my time with people I'm am specifically choosing to fill my time with. Um and uh, I I really um my life is is now predominantly filled with pretty amazing people. I don't make a lot of time for people that aren't working on themselves. That's great. Well, and because here's the deal guys. And you know, I would love to say that this is altruistic, but it's not, it's, it's totally selfish. I can't do the work I'm here to do in the world. I can't connect people to the best of who they are if I'm depleted and if I'm not taking care of myself. And I find that being around people who aren't committed to working on themselves, um, is pretty depleting. And so in order for me to make the impact that I'm here to make, uh, I have to, it's, it's my responsibility to, to set those boundaries.
0: Thank you, Kimberly. That's it's an authentic, real answer. And we know our audience appreciates that level of a really in-depth look at those tough situations and realities. Final question. What's the one thing that you used to think that you don't think anymore?
2: Uh, I, I think there were a lot of things I used to think I couldn't do. Um, that i wasn 't enough, and what i 've learned is that that you know i 'm not going to be able to do something overnight, but if I apply a little bit of of effort every day towards something, I amaze myself at what i 'm able to accomplish. Uh, I remember before I started writing my book, I thought, Oh gosh, I could never write a book. you know Who am I to write a book?' And, um, and I, you know, it, I, I would love to say it was a graceful process for me. It was not like this <laughs> I, overnight thing. It took, it, it took a long time for me to get my book done, but I, I invested, you know, myself a little by a little, by a little, by a little, by a little, and, um, and when you do that, you will constantly amaze yourself. It it takes small commitments and small daily efforts that that, land, that end up being something transformative. So that, that for me, I think, was it.
1: That's great. The power in small commitments and daily efforts. It's a fantastic way to finish. You've got a lot of simple strategies here for our listeners. Um, what we always say is that leadership might be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So you've really uncomplicated some of the thoughts around the super objective, um, small commitments, surrounding yourself with extraordinary people, and a ton of just other things that have been fantastic throughout this podcast. Kimberly, is there anything else that you would like to add to for today for our listeners?
2: No, I, I just want to encourage, uh, encourage you, everyone, to go out there and make the impact that you're here, you're here to make because the world needs it. And um, don't cheat us of you.
1: That's awesome. There you have it. Don't cheat us of you. Make your impact, the one that you were chosen to make. Another great podcast. Don't forget to follow our blog, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs, all on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our One Thing series on how leaders can be brave, authentic, and more confident to get better results. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. Our our listeners are going to have a wonderful time with this.
2: This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, guys.